host Matt Kennedy. Consequentialism, of course, grew out of the pop sequentialism traveling art exhibition of comic book art and of the catalog that was produced to commemorate it. And we record at Meltdown Comics and Collectibles on Sunset Boulevard, uh, close to the border of Hollywood and West Hollywood. And we also want to give a shout out to Gallery 30 South in Pasadena, which is uh, my new gallery endeavor. And who we're going to talk to today on this episode is my friend Kate Kelton. Hi, hi. Hello. <laughs> and uh, Kate is a very, very interesting case study. We're going to call you a case study today. <laughs> Perfect. It's not a dehumanizing term. <laughs> um, Kate has had several different um, tracts and careers that all intersect. I'm basically following your life path. You kind of really are. It's, it's very interesting. <laughs> um, and, although I come from a long line of pirates and bootleggers and not from ah. uh, a long line <laughs> right. of... High society, <laughs> Czech, Czech art representatives. Oh, <laughs> so, um, and I guess that's as good a place to start as any. But sure. um, if, if anybody's familiar with you already, and there's going to be a, a, a few people that listen to this show that oh, are, they're going to they're going to know you for Haven. They're going to know you for Bullet in the Face, right. and um, and maybe followed you into other other aspects of your career. And we're going to get to that, I promise. <laughs> but um, I think we have to start. We're gonna we're gonna do the. The James Michener. We're going to go down yes. below the surface of the <laughs> waters of Hawaii before the volcano <laughs> explodes and creates the island. And we're going to talk about your grandfather. Uh, Great grandfather. Great grandfather. Yep. 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 Who was an art rep for? Oh, well, no, he was the architect and engineer and sculptor and painter and designer of the Central Train Station in Prague. Right. And he was a really close friend with Mucha. Right, Alfonso Mucha. Exactly. The father of the Art Nouveau movement. Exactly. And basically when he was in uh, Paris making a name for himself with Sarah Bernhardt, the actress, Mm -hmm. and being basically her official portrait artist, Mm -hmm. um, that was when... My great grandfather got the a commission to revamp the train station, mm-hmm. and when he came back, that's that was basically in the middle of that construction. Mm-hmm. And so I, yeah, I sort of feel I feel the influence in both of their work on each other. <laughs> I feel like we've kind of gone through an amazing transition where the most famous actress in the world is depicted on drawings that commemorate the sale of cigarette rolling papers. Right. And now we're back into, into and it went through an era where you did not want to wind up on, on that type of thing. Right. And now you pray for it. I beg for it. Beg yes, for exactly. it. You know, that you want that kind of, of big product tie-in. Corporate sponsorship. Oh, jeez. And, I mean, that's, that's not without... Um, not without noting, you know, that she was the most famous actress on the planet in era before film. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of these things happen. You know, the, the connections between um, that era, that area of the world. So you had, you know, this is pre-World War One even. So you're talking about before Sarajevo creates a, a massive split in the Caucasus mm-hmm. that you had great intellects from Russia and St. Petersburg, which mm-hmm. was probably the intellectual cap of the world at the time. Very interesting following an episode that we did with Diana Georgie, who's from St. Petersburg. Yes. And um, then you have Paris, which is kind of like the seat of culture. And so to in between... Get anywhere, exactly. That yeah. was sort of the point that was hammered into my head from my mom, is to get anywhere else, you had to cross through Prague. Yeah. And that became this hub, and it really um, uh, created this burgeoning ide- ideology that, mm-hmm. that elevated artists to the level of aristocracy, yep. which was a 
learning curve, I suppose, when I came to North America and heard mm-hmm. about this starving artist concept. Yeah. <laughs> How old were you when you came here? I was six when we first uh, wanted to just check out North America. I mm-hmm. grew up in a VW bus painted with flowers crisscrossing Europe. So wow. um, uh, the first stop was naturally Venice mm-hmm. and then San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then we, we went up to Canada and, and, and my mom remarried and I moved when, we were se- when I was seven. Wow. And so going from Europe to the U.S. to Canada and then back to the U.S. Yeah. So when um, when did you move back to to California? Uh, we, we we just visited initially. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I came about 13 years ago, 2005. Wow. Yeah. So that's this is you. You kind of caught on quick then. <laughs> yeah. So if we're we're looking at the resume, you caught on pretty quick. So the um, how did it happen? When did you decide that you were gonna um start acting? Jump. You know, I went to film school, and mm-hmm. the joke is that I planned to be a director. I planned to be in production design. I planned to be behind the scenes, and mm-hmm. my classmates kept. Getting me into their projects. Yeah, you've got a pretty face, Kate. Here, be on camera instead, yeah. and I ended up graduating with a reel. And my father passed away in the middle of film school, and mm-hmm. so suddenly, I realized that people were just gonna hand me money to be in a commercial for yeah. thirty seconds. And yeah. I, I really uh, at the at the time that was a big lifeline, right? People so that, don't understand this, you know. What we've touched mm-hmm. on it a little bit, and you know, I've definitely talked about. You know, my career as an actor, and I was much more in commercials than other stuff. Mm. But you make so much more money from commercials than yeah. from television or movies. Yeah, and, I and mean, until you become that's changed a, a name. Now. Yeah, that that just recently changed because of the new media. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the oh, the new the SAG gi- agreement. Yeah, the giant shift in in exactly in. In, in understanding how to monetize the online space, which they still don't know, so right. unfortunately, it, it it yeah, it chopped back the the basic. Um, uh, you you'd make a hundred grand, forty grand on a national commercial, and now it's yeah. probably five. <laughs> you know? Wow, that's those so are that's different numbers. A big jump, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I was making. I mean, anywhere between six and twelve thousand dollars on a regional Southwestern Bell commercial, wow. you know, twenty years ago. Yeah, now and then a cotton commercial could be hundreds of thousands of dollars, exactly. and it would run for four years. It's crazy, right? And it, and and I think part of the um, the logic there is that you know agents see it as a nine to five job where they send their talent out Monday to Friday audition yeah. auditioning, but they're not necessarily booking. Because there's probably already somebody that they have in mind for that spot. Yeah. But it's illegal to do that. Right. We have unions for that, right? Right. So the unions demand that you have to see a certain amount of people. So it's a bit of I scratch your back, you scratch mine. The but casting, more of a dog and pony show. Yeah. The casting directors understand that yeah. you're you're doing them a favor by giving them good tape for their you know clients. But at right. the same time, at a certain point, you expect one gig to get you through that year. Yeah. And that's why they, they pay you enough to get through the year. Or yeah. did anyway. Right. You know, there's... I had actor friends who I remember, um, you know, back in the day, you know, talking, you know, the the late 90s, that um, my agent would not let me do any kind of extra work yeah. or anything that wasn't of a certain level. Like, once you hit a certain peak, it was kind of right. like, it was like sumo, right? Yeah. It was like, <laughs> you've hit Yokozuna, you can never go back That's down right. the ranks. No. That, um, you know, that it's expected that you're going to... Um, forego working in yeah. order to only work at a certain level and of course I had three friends miss the insurance requirement yep. one year by like yep. 
two hundred dollars, unbelievable, nine hundred dollars. Oh, that's they, two days of extra work. Exactly, they could have made it up in two days. Two days as extras, that's they would have made their insurance horrible. minimum. And that's definitely, yeah. That uh, for seven years I couldn't book a guest spot here to save my life, and suddenly I book Bullet in the Face, a yeah. six episode guaranteed lead role, yeah. and we shoot these. And then of course my reps are only submitting me for lead roles from then yeah. on, and it was definitely a. a, 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 a tricky situation yeah. because I, I yeah thank thankful to sci-fi and haven for hiring yeah. me anyway. i went through that on on um a, a pretty high profile project where i was sent in and viewed and given an offer for the lead yeah. and then booked a conflict before the offer came in and couldn't do it yep. so they were like okay well if we can move you down the shooting schedule would you do this other role right and i was like yeah and my agent's like no You don't go from name above title (laughs) to name not on the poster. That is infuriating. And I I really, I mean, we'll get, we'll touch on this later, but now that I'm representing artists, there's such a a learning experience that I take from my my experience dealing with agents. Communication is number one. Yeah. Why, why, why the lack of um, uh, transparency? It it boggles the mind. It, yeah. it can only be in their benefit. You well, know? I remember you, you talked about you know new media. Um, when I was, be, you know, before the net was really a source for employment. That's we'll right. say in in the in the visual arts or, or as an actor or even in commercials, yeah. there'd be all this legal lease in the back of a contract mm-hmm. I would constantly I would never sign in front of the um the PA I would take it into the bathroom yeah. and I would cross off everything on the nice. back so they had to renegotiate for anything that wasn't overtly nice. mentioned so by my agent yep. when I went on yep. the on the spot and oh, there were several smart. times where a PA not a PA would never have been a PA but a second AD yeah would um would flip it over and see that I had crossed it out and been like, what would you do this for? And I was like, well, this was never addressed. Yeah. I'm like, if you want me to sign another version of this, you're going to need to call my agent and put put them on the phone yeah. with me. But this is not what was discussed. Yeah. You might want to have a word with the producer and the director. And see, you're so smart because that's yeah. the, the problem. Most talent isn't even thinking about that. They get that. bullied. Yeah. And yeah. they're they're already worried about their day, their lines, their job, their commitment for that mm-hmm. set that they're not thinking about what's technically the agent's job, yeah. right? Yeah. So, But that also only happens on commercials. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't happen on theatrical or it, maybe it, TV a little bit. Maybe guest spots, yeah. yeah. Something that's short. One day of, shooting. Exactly, exactly. In because, out. yeah, your but, agent's but, not when coming to the set. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you're when you're um, uh, already uh, committed to being on a show for several episodes, all of that's worked yeah. out beforehand. Yeah, that yeah. got signed by mail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was this. There was a a, a a shot, I think, of Olivia Wilde full frontal nudity from the front in vinyl. That uh, show that takes place in the seventies. Right, right. And With she, Bobby Cannavale. Yes. Yeah. And and I was having a, a conversation trying to just. Dis- decide whether they had to um, glue hair on her because it's the 70s, right, okay? Nobody right. has yeah. that anymore. And then all of a sudden I realized, no, she would have had time to grow it because that would have been in the contract. She would have known that right. it was full frontal nudity before anything yeah. was signed. Yeah, right? that, that does not happen on, on set by accident yeah, that's in not any like legitimate a... production. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's an interesting thing. You know, the, um, and I, I'm not a particular fan of that of that show. I thought that it was a little cartoony. I haven't seen it yet. I but seen it had it. elements. I mean, the it opens with a, this performance by the New York Dolls and the guys they hired to be the Dolls were fabulously looked like him. And I think they went to take 
and uh, like the you know, the ceiling starts to shake. It's it's this like oh. great situation, but Bobby's like so over the top in the acting style, mm. and everybody is. Oh dear. <laughs> that it's kind of like we feel like we've already seen this, yeah. and it might be the wrong era, oh, and no, and that. It, over the head. it did. It didn't go again, did it? it got, no, yeah, it no, didn't get renewed. Yeah. The um, but I mean that's that's the thing with episodic TV, right? And especially when you're looking at stuff that isn't network, that. It's not ratings yeah. based. Yeah. How can they even get those numbers to Well, now they're getting it from the Nielsen. cable boxes. Oh. Because that information is now, you gave it up. That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> just your. That's part of your contract. Oh, oh you want a Roku? You want this little box? We're Here taking all of your information go. and maybe we're filming you. And listening and, yeah. and, and, and. And calculating. <laughs> but yeah, the, um, a friend of mine who worked at Showtime was telling me that the lowest rating of any show in the history of the network is I'm Dying Up Here, which is a show I loved. I heard about that. I hadn't actually seen it, but it's about his suicide, um, suicidal feelings, and he's doing stand-up about it, the, right? Well, there's a, it's an actual case. Um, I can't remember the name of the actual comedian. He was a Boston comic. That's right. And he, he committed suicide, and it was not because he steps in front of a bus, and that's kind of how the show starts. And wow. so there's like, was it an accident? Was it not? It's in the 70s. Yeah. Um, Jim Carrey's the producer. And so um, it's kind of about the era where he was starting yeah. to work in in the on the Sunset Strip. Yeah. So you catch the tail. You got like Eddie Murphy's coming up. Yeah. And because uh, it took a long time for Jim to make it. Yeah. Like a lot of people don't realize how long Jim Carrey was out here trying to do it. That million dollar check in his pocket was yeah. there for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. The making the faces yeah. in the mirror and, and completely changing what his whole style and technique right, was going to be. Right. Right. So um, I want to say there's still some people in Canada who I think I know that went to school with him or something like yeah. that. There's always the stories. He's a very interesting guy. I bet. Yes, yeah. yes. A friend of mine went to his, uh, a New, New Year's party where they were painting. And yeah. It just looked like an amazing, amazing idea. I kind of love that he seems to just not give a damn. Yep. And <laughs> I'm kind of worried by the fact that he clearly does. <laughs> yes. It's that dichotomy that'll get you every yeah, time. Yeah. Oh, dear. So it's, it's oh, you know, true. I sometimes really feel bad when they when they, they drag him across the coals because he is really trying to, I think, follow his bliss and I think he's trying to do it in a way that honors what he feels hmm. he should be doing. But, um, you know, there's, the, and we'll talk about this, that there is sometimes a terrible backlash against celebrities who do more than what they're expected to do. Yes. You know, we talked in the last episode <laughs> about this kind of, and we've been touching on it here, that there's an aspect to... You know, models should be seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. Was You're kind only of allowed to do one thing yes. ever, ever, ever. And for the rest of your life, That's you have to do one thing. Not gonna work out for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not necessarily gonna work out yeah. for many people. But, right. But I guess that's the um, uh, that's a little bit of the trade off too. Is that if you think about normal, everyday humans who no longer exist in this in mm. this, I'm gonna work for sixty years and have a pension that that that'll be my life. Yeah. Um, their first job probably just wasn't beamed out into the ether for yeah. billions of people to, to, to watch along with, right? Yeah. Acting and modeling, unfortunately. Yeah. Invite everyone along for the ride. Come yeah. watch what I do for a living, right? Yeah. Come along on every audition I tweet about. Yeah, <laughs> if my auto mechanic had to open the day exactly. as part of the Truman Show, yep. then yep. Um, how, long I, I, how long would he last? How long would he last? Yeah, I don't think it'd be, I think that there'd be a lot of people <clears> getting a wrench in the face. <laughs> um, and it is sort of, uh, and we have that double standard. We have a certain expectation of celebrity, not not just actors, but certainly musicians and, and other types of performers, 
where um, I think as a public, there's a certain entitlement mm-hmm. to um, to entree, right. you yeah. know, that we feel like we are allowed access yep. that we maybe perhaps would never expect of never anybody presume. else. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a real, uh, I think if you've seen somebody crying mm-hmm. and you can actually empathize because they're crying for real on screen yeah. and that acting when it actually produces a real tear is a physiological thing that you're yeah. watching a human being go through. And if you have empathy, then you suddenly feel like you know them yeah. and you've been with them personally crying so there's a part of you that's formed a relationship with someone who doesn't know you at all yeah and therein lies a a strange dichotomy because it's a one-sided ownership that isn't unfortunately shareable or shared and and that can cause a lot of tricky tricky scenarios and new technology causes a different set of problems you know that there were certainly we transition i'm glad you brought this up because i don't think this has ever been discussed on the show if you go through the history of of entertainment, I'm so glad we started off with Sarah Bernhardt because we we addressed that you know you're talking about an era before film, yeah. That you then go into film and you've got fan letters, you've got a public that are going to silent movies mm-hmm. and then to talkies, and they've got their little autograph books that they want to go right. down Hollywood Boulevard and get get Pen an autograph, and... and that's all they wanted. They just want that mm-hmm. that one thing, and that's enough. That sates them. Yeah, and then it becomes autograph photos and then it becomes <laughs> gossip radio and gossip yes. columns and blog gossip blogs yes, yes that's well, right before oh, that's, we even that's get even, near that's, the that's blogs that's no, no internet yeah yet. that's right that's right so i mean we're not even in the oh, 40s yet that's right and then you've got <laughs> then the 50s you've got television so you have that transition of radio and radio celebrities and, and radio comes right. into people's homes yeah so there's this connection to the voice they hear but they don't see you so you can probably have a life Visually where you're not speaking, necessarily yeah. being accosted. In accosted. Real life. Yeah. Then you have television. Yeah. Now television, you come into their home every week. Yeah. And um, you're a early, part of the family. You are a part, of the, part family, of the family. And you're portraying a person that you're not. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. John and Susie Q. Citizen and don't little Janie that. and Johnny don't yeah. know this. Mm. And so there's a certain expectation of approach. And so when you hear stories going back to, you know. Um, you know the honeymooners, yeah, and people meeting yeah. Jackie Gleason and him being like a normal guy. Well, but also not. turning into a kind of bombastic figure who's like, "Leave me alone!" Right, 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 right. right. You know, I don't want to deal with the. I mean, Eminem. You know, I'm going to sign your autograph. Don't stand outside the bathroom while I yeah. take a. Yeah, yeah. It's really uh, the 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 lines of of what is a normal behavior get completely tossed out the window yeah. when you. I, I think the the only experience I ever had personally with a fan that was having a bit of a meltdown, like he was standing in front of me and repeating over and over, I don't even know how to be normal right now. And yeah. it was a physiological response that I was watching yeah. this human go through. And I just put my hands on his shoulders. I was like, breathe, just yeah. breathe like it's going to be okay. Yeah. And he was fine, but it really took a second. You and know? now think on the flip side of that, how much power you had in that moment yeah. over the well-being of an individual you had never met before yeah. who a had formulated a very attack. rich fantasy life possibly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you're lucky that he wasn't a psychopath. Exactly, exactly. And he was really lucky that 
you were having a good day. Empathetic and exactly yeah. not not in a rush to get somewhere else, not in a, a screaming PMSE mood where yeah. I would have murdered him on the spot. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There's a thousand thousand variables. I talked right? about that with Kevin Smith. You know where we were talking about certain people having bad interactions with celebrities. I'm mm-hmm. like, look, you know, they're just people. Anybody can have a bad day. You yeah. can catch anybody moments after something terrible happened. And you know when we had um, Lindsay Way's exhibition at Gallery 30 right. South, and Gerard was there. He's so great with the fans. Nobody there knew his cat died that morning. <gasps> I mean, oh I would God. have been I yeah, destroyed a nightmare for, for people. And he was so great. Wow, and yeah. I mean, I watched in awe yeah. of number one, he, he's a really great guy yeah. and always has been. And, yeah. and you know, there's a reason why he has such a very loyal fan base because he's awesome. Yeah. And um and two, that it was just like he was he's able to kind of he understands that it's a, that there's an expectation that yeah. this is the only time maybe these people who really love what he does are ever going to meet him. Exactly. And it's not about him. Yeah. It was it was an event for for his wife. Yeah. And so being respectful of the fan base, but um, being allowed to kind of retreat away from that and being yeah. supportive oh, that it's wonderful. just like he is such a good dude. And you and want everybody to be like that. Him. But. We have no yeah. presumption. Yeah. You know, like you say, yeah. it's like we, yeah. we can't say, you know, Brad Pitt, you have to be awesome to everybody every day. It's like. Yeah. How dare. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How, how, how is that even an expectation you can have of yourself? Yeah. It's like right? you buy a ticket, you got something. Yeah. I don't know you anything beyond yeah. that. <laughs> you know, and there's, there's certainly a lot of people like that. Musicians, maybe even more so. But then, you know, musicians are different, too, because you've got like. People buy a record. They can listen to it over and over and over again, even in a time before videotape and yep. before having portable formats for um for visual media right. people could listen to records again and again yeah. and again if they had the 45 they could reset and replay and reset and replay yeah. then you had tapes and you could just yeah. some people made tapes of the same song a hundred times in a row yeah <laughs> I did. you know careless whisper wham Hi. thank you thank you oh, <laughs> uh, my poor father on the two-day drives down to florida yeah. <laughs> that's just that's a saint right that there. That steering wheel has I, really Im- specific imprints. Indents, yes. yes. <laughs> but I think it, it it's important to mention that because, you know, and and before we we're, we're probably going to head into a break pretty soon, so I'll, I'll I'll be I'll be quick with this. That um you know that this connection that people have, isn't something that they necessarily get over easily. Mm-hmm. So even if you disappear from the public yeah. eye for a little while. There are some people that have fixated on that. I mean, we saw it with the new Star Wars movies, yes. where people had had <laughs> very specific ideas oh. about what they thought was going to happen, and Ryan Johnson gave them none of it. <laughs> Every single, you know, part of, part of the film where you thought it was going to go in one direction, he went the opposite way, and you were thinking, okay, well, the, he's going to go this way on this, but he's going to come back. Nope, nope. And then did you did you see the uh, the tweets that he just did um, to some fan who was who was mad at him about the hol- hologram? Uh, spoilers, no spoilers, but he he basically just uh, tweeted the bug out eyes yeah. and then a photograph basically from his POV of his desk of his bookshelf and then mm-hmm. a close-up on the bookshelf of the book and then taking the book out of the, the bookshelf, opening the book, and it's like uh, the, the, the um, oh no, now I'm forgetting the title of the book, of course, but it's it's definitely showing his nerd cred and being yeah. like, uh, I've got the receipts. Yeah. <laughs> Just shutting him down. Oh, jeez. Amazing. Well, we're going to take a quick break, yes. and we're going to hear from one of our sponsors. Want to um, 
to uh, shout out to people who want to reach this this great demographic that you can do so by contacting us about ad rates. And um, you can contact us at info at popsequentialism.com. Or you can even reach out to us uh, through any of the socials, through Facebook uh, or Twitter or uh, Instagram at podsec. But you can also reach out to us at my gallery at gallery info at gallery 30 south. And um, I'll be happy to uh, get back with you about rates. So in uh, about 30 or 60 seconds, we'll be right back with my guest, Kay Kelton. Welcome back to Pod Sequentialism. I'm your host, Matt Kennedy, and we are speaking with Kate Kelton, uh, actress and artist and manager extraordinaire. <laughs> and so um, we've touched a little bit on some of the stuff that people may know you for. Let's talk about Haven. Sure. Because, you know, in, in this neck of the woods, as we record in a comic book shop, um, you know, and genre <laughs> being so so yes. much a part of this, <laughs> the, um, the, the weave of this particular uh, fabric, um, I got to imagine... Whenever you endeavor into these situations and before the shows are going to go on the air, mm-hmm. there's going to be a press agent who's going to be, you know, have things set up. They're going to have a, um, a junket maybe or they're going to bring you to Comic-Con or something like that. Right. Birmingham, I did get to go there. Yep. Do they give you the talk? You know, is it like, OK, here's what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, this is a sci-fi show and sci-fi fans can be very, very <laughs> I um, wish specific. I had someone give me that talk. Yeah. <laughs> That would have been amazing. I think you're tapping into a market here. I think you actually need to be the person who gives this talk. Maybe this is another podcast. Management, yes, yes. Well, I talked to Doug Jones. You know, when um, I saw him, he came to a a pop up that we did at at 30 South. And um, it was for um, actually another artist named Kate. And um, he came in. He was uh, like a friend of the family. And I was talking to him about being on Star Trek. I'm like, well, you already have like a massive fan following but you're going to be on star trek now yeah has anybody given you the talk (laughs) and and doug's like he's like he's like what do you mean i was like well you know star trek is a very different level of (laughs) fandom and i was like you've always been great with fans and stuff but they might get a little bit more intrusive (laughs) and um you know but in and expect like a sort of level of idolatry that that maybe you haven't experienced yet you know even though he's been and even yeah. though he's masked, yeah, 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 you yeah. know, they will find out. But he's like, <laughs> he's like, I've, I've pretty much got a sense of it. I think he's like, but thank you. He's like, and you're right, and you're hundred thousand <laughs> yeah. percent yeah. right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I really, uh, I laugh because when I went to Birmingham, I did feel like, wow, these are my people. Like yeah. I am, I come from nerddom. Yeah. I. I can't really believe somehow I made it, made it to the other side, you yeah, know, and yeah. I'm still completely nerding out of all of my co- co-stars and castmates constantly. So yeah. it, it's sort of, um, it's a bit of a trip for me to be on this side. And and then exactly to sort of find the, uh, you know, I got tweets in the in the morning congratulating me on my, my, my outfit choices because yeah. they were hacked into my security cameras. So, um, so there's there's definitely a level of, of uh, sci-fi specific fandom where they are technologically adept. The savvy. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm basically in awe of them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and again, (laughs) you handle it well. You know, it's it's uh, some people would completely wig out, and the um and would and maybe should. You know, I don't know. (laughs) I'm shocked, but um, 
you know that having that experience and it, it's you know it's it was single season, right? Uh, I did two seasons, two seasons, um, uh, fourteen episodes, I think total. Right. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's out there, and so you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's probably on Netflix. It's, it's maybe even on Hulu. Oh yeah, it's on. Uh, the, all five seasons are on Netflix now. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I did seasons three and four. So people are still continuing to discover it and yep. get back to it, and so you you get a whole new yeah. slew of fans <laughs> that are oh, what's happening now? <laughs> Now, I did talk in the last episode about um, an incident that drove me out of acting. Yeah. You know, where I just had one of those nightmare auditions where I felt like I was... Um, yes. The girl I, on fame being asked Yes, because you know the story. Yeah, yes. you know the story. You know, like the um, being asked to do something I wasn't comfortable doing and doing it anyways and feeling terrible mm. and being like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And I was telling, you know other people it's like well you know actors actresses go through this a lot you know like it's it's par for the course and so what was great about that moment even though it was ultimately responsible for me not wanting to do that anymore was that it gave me a level of of empathy and sympathy for actors that I had known already you know female performers that would they didn't tell me the whole story but if I had really hung in there and listened, I would have yeah. realized the extent of how just completely shitty it can be being yeah. a woman in the world. Yeah, and 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 the Me Too movement. I mean that yeah. that that's literally nailing it on the head. It's yeah. just the incredible widespreadness of it. Yeah. If that's a word. But also, exactly how how it can happen to everyone. Yeah, and it's a power dynamic thing. But. Yeah. Historically, especially in the acting world, it's been uh, actors and actresses have no power on that on, in the set, right? Yeah. In, until you are the one percent who are uh, name stars, yeah. and they still get this stuff happening yeah. to them. So it's yeah, there's really there's no place to hide yeah. almost. But there's a um a great um I heard Russell Crowe talking about it. And um, it was, I think it was inside the actor's studio, maybe. And they did like he took questions from the audience, mm. and someone's like, "So what happens when you have a disagreement with the director?" And Russell Crowe said, "I make my case. I ask if they'll let me do one take my way. Right. But at the end of the day, it's his show. And I mean, this is Russell Crowe. Yeah, exactly. This is you know exactly, multiple Academy exactly, Award nominated, exactly, Academy exactly, Award exactly. winning actor, and potentially even phone throwing violent guy yeah. who can throw his weight around and yeah. be like, "I demand stuff," right? Yeah. Not not just some little tiny girl who's like, "I want to yeah. do my take." <laughs> so even for him, exactly. he's like, you know, my career could go away if yeah. if if I'm not playing the game. Yeah. And it was it's really it's it's telling, you know, and I think it's telling in a way that that people don't understand. Understand. Oh, and it's also telling to to think about the power players. Um, right now, I'm, I'm blanking on the name, but there's a there's a, a, a whirlwind of controversy around somebody who works uh, very high up at Nick at Night. Yes, and is well, he's he was profiled in the movie. He went to jail for that, pedophilia. That's right. And um, he was in the film um, An Open Secret. Oh yes, the Corey, um, which reveals uh, a lot. And then, then they've Feldman. got Corey yes. Feldman is at the end of it. Yeah. When he's talking um, on I think the View about mm-hmm. it. And, um, oh, and he gets completely shut down, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, by Barbara Walters. Unbelievable. But I mean, and then he's another guy who seemingly has gone through that, you know, some some abuse oh, to become abusers. Totally. Yeah, yeah. And there's been a lot of, of stuff coming out about but, him. That's um, just so crazy. It's but that guy, that Nickelodeon's got his job back. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's what I was going to say is because he has billions of dollars riding on him, not just millions, yeah. billions of corporate dollars that he 
he makes bank for yeah. Nick at Night. So Nickelodeon is not firing him, and that yeah. that blows my brain because there there you see the inequity in 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 this world. You know yeah. that it's just the height of unfair, and yeah. hopefully he'll be next, and hopefully it'll blow up. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of that's going to depend on. I mean. An open secret is only viewable on Vimeo, right? Is that you know, it's oh, on yeah. on the director's private account on Vimeo. It's not on Hulu. It's okay. not on Netflix. Okay. It's not on Amazon Prime. And I think if it does hit Netflix, that guy's shit canned in a day. Yeah, you know that that yeah. uh, the power of format. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And now, and Netflix in a month is going to probably get sold, right? I mean, I'm hearing through the grapevine that oh, that Netflix is going to be up for sale. For who's buying it? Um, there's speculation that it's going to go to. Um, who wants Netflix? Maybe Disney. Um, but Disney bought Sony yeah, to take care just, of their their um, distribution right. format. So there'll be somebody else, another studio that's going to want to have that that immediate access. That makes sense. I mean, it's it's so much cross breeding right now between all the platforms and all the yeah. and and just knowing filmmakers too. Who um, uh, Joseph Kahn just uh, made another movie. We did Detention together, and mm-hmm. it was an indie film that he self financed, mortgaged his house for. You know. Mm-hmm. And, and Sony distributed, but now this one um, is called Bodied. Eminem produced it, and mm-hmm. it's just taking the circuit by storm. Like it's winning everything. Tiff and and Sundance. Like it just goes on and on. And wow. so, uh, so he's looking for. I think he just got distribution on YouTube. The first theatrical release yeah. will be by YouTube. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, this great. is this has been in in the making. I mean, there's certainly there's episodic you know there's channels that that have shows and um yeah. there's been great success for um a lot of different uh sponsored channels but the movie thing is going to be a game changer and you wonder you know that reach so mm-hmm. i was like hey how come bezos isn't gonna buy you yeah, know netflix right. well he's got youtube he doesn't yeah, need netflix <laughs> you know so it's uh. it's a very interesting dynamic that we're looking at now um You've you've made clear that you're not interested in acting anymore. Yeah, I think I, if I could go back to it in my 60s, maybe that yeah. would be fun. But for now, when I'm in that in-between stage where no producer really knows what to do with me because I'm no longer a 20-year-old ingenue and I'm not a grandmother yet, yeah. then I'm definitely going to follow. And uh, Frances McDormand made a great comment in a wonderful movie that uh, I think Rosanna Arquette made or mm-hmm. Patricia Arquette shoot one of the Arquette sisters mm-hmm. made a movie called Searching for Deborah Winger yeah I remember that it's amazing right yeah. interviews with all sorts of actresses that's Rosanna yeah yeah that's Rosanna yeah. that's right and um, uh, and and she had mentioned something about making a pinky swear to never alter her face so that by the time they need grandmothers to look like grandmothers in movies she'll she'll be the only one left yeah <laughs> she'll yeah. book them all not getting face work <laughs> done right. yeah 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 um so yeah i mean at, at some point in the future i'll i i definitely love going back to it but right now it just doesn't interest me and and the art world luckily has embraced me and mm-hmm. it's obviously been something that i've been doing my whole life and mm-hmm. i've often joked about how and you've done really well we've always sold your stuff and and uh, gabba gallery has done really well with you right, right? I, I mean I, it's just funny that i i joked with my castmates on the show haven that i really only did that to make sure I wasn't deported because I got my green card by acting yeah. and that's um you know that surely annoyed the hell out of them but it uh it and was and five percent of the Australian population yes. who apparently you know work in Hollywood <laughs> Can't get in here. I mean it was easier for me to get on primetime television than it would have been to do that with my art because I'd have to be hanging in the Louvre and MoMA and we, yeah we, we have to you know when we've had artists we've had them ask us to file um right. you know paperwork for them and 
we can only file two a year. You yeah. know, you can't jam the system with it or else it'll mean nothing. And, yeah. you know, there's I've had assistants that came out of Art Center that um, that were legal to work here, yeah. but then they graduated. A uh, harrowing, and then they're back Then you to, have to file yep, the paperwork again. And, of again. course, you know, one of my assistants got deported. Oh, shoot. Which I shouldn't say she got deported. She did not get deported. Um, she's a gifted artist named... Um, Oh my gosh! Now I'm blanking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jason Kim, Jason Kim, and um, really gifted artist, and had been my assistant. Was really great assistant, and she went back to visit her family in Korea for a Christmas break. And when she came back through um, South Korea, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I'll be, I'll be, not the access of evil. <laughs> yeah. And um, and so when she was coming back through customs, the um, the agent asked a bunch of questions, and she just. She didn't answer in the way that would have been a better answer to get into the easy country. entrance back into the country, and they put her back on a plane and sent her back. Oh, my God. Now, she also had an apartment here with yeah. all of her stuff in it so and no way to get there to even pack it up to move it. <gasps> and so she had to keep the rent open on an apartment in Pasadena while she was filing through this paperwork Holy. for like six months and then finally realized it's not happening and so had to contact friends to, to box stuff her. up and, and ship back some stuff and just give other stuff away. After six months of just paying rent on an empty apartment. Yeah, hoping that she was going to be allowed back in. Unbelievable. So there's been... <laughs> And huh. this was actually, this was before the last election, so this was yeah, happening. Yeah, we, yeah. we forget that the last I mean, administration Obama definitely deported a, whole a lot more people than anybody oh, ever. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Nobody talks about and that. And they pulled yeah, artist yeah, visas. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I want to, and I, I mean, just try, just the thought of having to try it that way was yeah. so, so overwhelming that yeah. I... I literally thought it would be easier to get on primetime television, and it was. And it was. <laughs> it was. Weird, weird. <laughs> Hashtag easier on primetime. <laughs> so now, um, as as a, a visual artist now, I'm working as a, an illustrator and a painter, um, and you, I mean I, that's how I first met you. So yeah, I didn't. I did right. not know that you had that you were an actress. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's easy to figure out, I guess. It's like you know, you can. There's a certain aura about you, and oh, you're outgoing. Yeah, funny, but can I can I tell them about the absolutely precious meet cute that we had? Because I do <laughs> really really love this story. Sure, sure. It's so perfect. <laughs> I had. Um, uh, Jason Sean Alexander was yeah. actually the, the one who told me to submit to you for Lollapalooza. Mm -hmm. um, he already... Lollapalooza. Sorry, sorry. Jeez, yep, yep. oh, not the actual... I am not Perry Farrell's musically music, uh, deficient, yes. so that's never going to be the case. Yep. <laughs> sorry. Lollapalooza, of course. Mm -hmm. And um, he, he warned me about the odds, too, right? Yeah. He said that this is an astronomical undertaking for you, that you get... You're one of the only galleries that allows public submission, and so yeah. 16,000 is, is an, an easy number that you have to pour through, yeah, right? Somewhere, somewhere between ten and 16,000 every year, yeah. Unreal. And so I didn't really have any expectations, but you emailed me back mm -hmm. and you said that I had gotten to the very final last cut, didn't make it to the, to, to the, to the show, but that you appreciated my work, that you really liked it, that you wanted to be kept abreast of what I was coming up with next. Mm -hmm. I was so blown away by yeah. that note that that literally fed me for the another That's six That's back when months, I gave right? real feedback. Right? <laughs> but, but, you, but you did, and it, yeah. it meant the world, right? And then I um, uh, I had talked to Deirdre. She was headed <laughs> down to the- Deirdre Sullivan That's yep. right. And she was headed down to the uh, coaster show. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I want to come with you because I'd love to meet Matt. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's, it, you know, it's a cacophony, a crazy yeah. mess of people. And, and, and 
I had gotten there a little bit later, which I think worked to my advantage. People had started thinning out. There were waves, out. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I actually got a chance to look at all of the coasters, and I loved one of them the most. One of them was my favorite, and it was right at the edge of the wall. And I was dragging, I think it wasn't Deirdre, I think it was, um, oh, her uh, photographer, Katie. Yeah, Katie. Uh, yep. I, I was dragging her over to show her my favorite coaster. Mm -hmm. And there was a man leaned up against... Uh, that wall with his arms crossed and a bemused look on his face as I described this, my favorite coaster, to Katie. And I, I saw you smiling and I, I said, is it your coaster? <laughs> and you said, no, it's my wife's. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then, hi, I'm Matt Kennedy. Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was hysterical. Yeah. But I, I should have planned that, but I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to you, I didn't. That was great, yeah. And it really, really was my favorite coaster. <laughs> and 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 it's like I I don't know that my wife knows that knew that story immediately. That's great. But um, you know, when when you would you would start coming around, she's like, I think I need to spend more time around yeah. her. It's like she's really upbeat. She's the most positive person Aww. I've ever met in my life. I was like, yeah, she really is. She's kind of a joy to be around. That's the best. Yeah. I got I got I approved. I'm I'm impressed. <laughs> I but mean. you have also, I mean, in you know, you, you say following in my footsteps, doing a little bit better. I think probably, <laughs> but um, that you've also done some curations. You've set you've set up shows, and you've also yes. been really pivotal in addressing to a space that exists, um, helping them kind of tweak their programming, maybe into like, hey, you might want to take a look at this person. Uh, this, you know, I know you're giving me a show. You might want to look at this person. I think right. that that might work well together. And being right, yeah, and that's that's a big thing because I get suggestions a lot, you know. And our our program is pretty rigid. There's not a lot of ability to uh, kind Legal of finesse room. things that way. But um, you know, when we do bring people back in mm -hmm. for the the feature exhibitions, and you, you know the the drill, it's like sometimes you come in through the coaster show, then you submit to La Lusa Palooza. And you, maybe you don't get in the first, you get in the second year. And then if you do really well, we bring you back for, you know, a six-person show in August. Right. And then maybe it's a four-person show a, a year later. There's a tier system. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's <laughs> it you know, nice it, it doesn't always go yeah. quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I, and and speaking of that, the, the, um, the Chuck D show, yeah. the fact that he jumped straight to having a solo show yeah. with 30 but not just that there will also be a museum retrospective yeah. at the same time yeah. i mean we'll get into that but he's obviously a special case scenario yeah and i mean well you had you had shown me some of his stuff and he was working only digitally mm -hmm. and i looked at it and i recognized something immediately and i, I see a lot a lot of art and i've, I've been submitted a ton of celebrity art that i yeah. just will not showcase yeah. oh jim carrey was one <laughs> but um, because I thought we were a bad fit. Yeah, it you know? just it was maybe stylistically. But yeah. um, and I was worried that he was going to have an expectation that we couldn't fulfill at that space. Right. Uh, not at my space, but at La Luz de oh, Jesus. Yeah. And um, Chuck has composition down. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And I, I started thinking, like, he must have gone to art school. Like, and I yep. realized I didn't know you that. Didn't know that. Yeah. That he has part. a degree in graphic yeah. design that he exactly. got in 1984. Exactly. And then the next year, or two years later, is when Public Enemy really, really yeah. explodes. And he designs the Public Enemy logo. Yeah, he designed the logo. With he had white done. White out and Sharpie. <sighs> I mean. Imagine? Does he have that piece of paper? Yeah, I know, right? I yeah, keep that, asking. That should be in the Smithsonian. <laughs> I know. 
But the um, he had also done flyers. He had done when he had his radio show, which is where he, That's he right. starts with the name Chuck D. That's right. That um, he had been doing these flyers and had done flyers for other people. I guess yeah. he was doing flyers for Houdini and people yeah. at the time. And and he did the Adelphi. Um, he did a, a, a comic strip, a comic strip. yeah, exactly. in their new, in their newspaper. Exactly. So Adelphi University is is in Long Island. Mm-hmm. It's where he got his his degree, and then later they gave him an honorary doctorate, which yeah. of course they did. Of course. <laughs> but when I looked at his work, and there was the concern about. Um, of whether it was a good fit, yeah, and um, and it just got more personal into showcasing musicians and fame and other famous rappers. Yeah, and it it, it sort of can take a different um, bend, but there's there's certainly something about the fact that he's never stopped making art. He's never stopped doodling, and, and yeah. what he told me was that he would get off stage. And immediately go back to the room and draw instead mm-hmm. of going to these parties or or schmoozing and and, and doing the thing. Yeah, he was a, a, that art nerd, right? And yeah. that immediately spoke to me and made me realize that what a collector looks for in an artist is longevity. Is a, yeah. is someone who's going to be doing and longevity. this forever, yeah. right? And this is his way of before uh, st- going on stage, of combating stress and like mm-hmm. uh, 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 just. A, a form of meditation, I'd almost say. Mm. And so you know he's going to be doing it for the rest of his life, right? Mm. And then, exactly, we sort of um, uh, uh, spoke about doing portraiture, and, and he's 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 doing all these uh, uh, amazing. I love how you described it as almost this courtroom aesthetic sketch because yeah, it's this immediacy, right? This yeah. brilliant uh, fingertip feel because he doesn't go by photos. He always right. talks about how he has this mental total recall. Um, which I experienced firsthand by being in the audience in the forum uh, for one of his shows. And he spotted me. And then when, you know, 10 songs later, when the cyclone of mosh pit erupted right next to me, he was completely somewhere else on the stage. But I saw his head whip over to make sure that I was okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how do you... How, he must how have been you really, track something like that? Yeah, he must like have been that. really good at that game with the flipping over of the cards, yeah. the memory. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. That's like, that That total recall that he has is is part and parcel, I think, of, of being able to make these sketches of... of of all his contemporaries, yeah. really, right? But you, you know, you were such an advocate for it. You know that yeah. you recognized within the work I that it was something. You were like, hard. "Can yeah. I talk to you about this? Yeah. Can I show you his stuff?" I was like, "I would absolutely <laughs> give him a show." It's like, yeah. aside from the fact that I, I love his his body of work yeah. and wish that he was president. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know that. Hey, why does he run for president? You know that the uh, that his he was always been politically motivated, but he's also yeah. been the voice of reason. And, and even if he said things that I haven't agreed with, you could tell that he had thought it out mm-hmm. in his presentation, his voice, mm-hmm. that that whole delivery is is incredible. Yeah. But that's part of the package. And he has maintained a level of excellence across everything that yeah. he has done yeah. that is, I mean, he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, yeah. he's when there's a hip-hop museum, there'll be a wing dedicated yes, to his absolutely. body of work. You know, the <laughs> fact that these guys from Rage Against the Machine want to work with him. Yeah, they. I mean, he, he took them on tour. They opened for Public Enemy, yeah. which is, think about Tom Morello working on him for a year to get him to, to front Prophets of Rage. Yeah. Like, for a year he was begging him, can you imagine when he finally said yes, the the bursting pride. Like, yeah. it's, you open for someone and then 
years later in your you're career, in you're in a band with him. Yeah. He still can't get over it. There's still side sidelong glances where he's yeah. like, "Is this actually happening?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, B uh, B Real's involvement in that also really um, made that I think for him because there was a, a side to Chuck that says, "I'm I'm ready to sort of step back and be number two and let yeah. B step up and be number one and." And he calls himself the weakest link in the band, which just makes me howl with laughter because if Chuck D is the weakest link in your band, you got a damn good band. You got a damn good yeah. band. Well, that's probably a good place to leave it. Um, yeah. And so uh, we, we talk about this, of course, because um, Kate has brought to Gallery 30 South, my gallery in Pasadena, an exhibition of Chuck D's work. It is the first solo exhibition of that's Chuck right. D's illustration and painting and ever. I'm, I'm managing his uh, art career now, and, and and I rubbed it in Tom Morello's face that it only <laughs> took me three months to convince him to have an art show. Yes. <laughs> Not a Now year. Tom's going to want an art show. I know. <laughs> they all actually make art. You know I'm what? Sure. Uh, Chuck was te- telling me that they were showing him sort of their, their all their own takes and stuff. It's crazy. I mean, it makes so much sense, this yeah. crossbreed of talent. Yeah. Right? Collaboration inspiration. Exactly. Well, Kate, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, sir. This has been Pod Sequentialism. I've been your host, Matt Kennedy. Be sure to check out um, what socials do you want to put out there? Uh, we've got at Kate Kelton on Twitter, at K and the number eight Kelton on Instagram. <laughs> Kate Kelton Art on Excellent. Facebook. Excellent. And uh, check in on the schedule at Gallery 30 South, which is at Gallery30South.com. Cheers. Cheers.